0: Welcome to the Gain Service Academy Admission Podcast. In these episodes, we will explore all things related to gaining a coveted appointment to the Air Force Academy, Naval Academy, and West Point. And here are your hosts, Rob Kirkland and Trish Penroth. Welcome back to the Gain Service Academy Admission Podcast.
1: Well Trish, how are
0: you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, sir. How are you?
0: I'm doing awesome. Hey, we're just about done with the 2022-23 admissions for the service academies. We're pretty far down the route right now with this application season, and I think we can <clears throat> start looking at some lessons learned from this year.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, really excited to dive in and help future applicants and candidates determine what they need to do to be successful.
0: Would you, would you agree there hasn't been a whole heck of a lot of changes overall.
1: No, I completely agree. And isn't that the case for the military mm-hmm. in general? It's It doesn't change much very often.
0: Right. I was reading a recent history of West Point called Carved in Granite by uh, retired General Lance Beatros, and uh, he was in the Department of History at West Point. And this idea of the whole candidate has been around since like the 1960s. Not much really overall has changed in the last 60 years as far as the way that Candidates are overall evaluated for the academies.
1: A tried and true method.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's, so I've got a list of about four that I have that I, that I want to talk about. So the four we're going to discuss here is the SAT, ACT importance, and two, even though there's been a de emphasis of this by colleges as a whole. So we should talk about why the SAT and ACT is still important to the academy and, and why, even though it's being de-emphasized by colleges, you still need to put that front and center. Two, we're going to talk about the CFA and being prepared early for the CFA so that when you actually take it, you're ready. Three is, the again, the importance of congressional districts and, and understanding the competitiveness of the district. And four is Dodmer or the medical exam that you go through and addressing those concerns early. So, Let's go through the first one, which is the SAT, ACT importance. So what what you're seeing with colleges and universities across the country is either a test optional, uh, meaning you can submit the test or not submit the test, or test blind, where they don't even look at the test. And then what we've been seeing here in recent years is is high schools, counselors not emphasizing the SAT, ACT anymore or or, or putting it less, making it less important than other things such as the transcript, extracurriculars or other things that colleges and universities look at. However, with the service academies, the SAT, ACT continues with the same importance that it's been before. So even though your counselor in your school may be de-emphasizing it, the service academy continues to emphasize it at the same level that it has before, which is a 40% of the overall whole candidate score. You, if you are applying to a service academy, you cannot listen to your guidance counselors or, or people who are dealing with regular college admission, because if you listen to them and de-emphasize this, it's going to hurt you.
1: So true. And and it seems like a lot of students tend to burn out here when it comes to the SAT, ACT. They take it a few times and then they're just kind of done with it. And that's not the attitude that we want you to have. We want our students to have the attitude of I'm going to take it until I can't do any better or I can't take it anymore. And that's the mentality that the military is looking for, right? It's not just good enough. It's pursuing excellence always.
0: Right. Yeah. And perfectly said. And I had a candidate this year that I observed and work with that took the test like every single time that the SAT was being offered from from the start of his junior year, all the way through to December of his senior year and kept on improving. And he just. Signaled to the academy that he was willing to run through a brick wall in order to be in order to get into that academy. And it signals grit and determination and perseverance that the academies are looking for. And starting early and taking it often and just continuing to retake it is so important. I mean, I've seen situations where the candidate was strong in every other area and didn't have a good SAT score, didn't work to improve the SAT or ACT score and didn't got put on a waiting list or got rejected from the academy. These are candidates that would have gotten into a lot of excellent colleges because of the test-blind or test-optional, but because of not improving the SAT or ACT, had no shot of getting into an academy.
1: And I think that ties pretty closely into point number three, which is understanding the competitiveness of your congressional district, but we'll save that for later.
0: Yeah. So so again, SAT, ACT, it's got to be on the front of your mind. We've done a whole podcast on the SAT, ACT, which we recommend you go back to, to take a look at that. But that's been emphasized again and again in our work and in our observations. So second point, early preparation for the CFA, in particular, upper body strength of pull-ups and, and push-ups. So I know you had a little bit more experience this go around than I did on the CFA. So what's your observations about that, Trish?
1: A lot of students, particularly if you are in a sport or you aren't in a sport, you might, if you're in a sport, you might think I'm an athlete, I'm athletic, I've got this, I don't have to prepare for this candidate fitness assessment. I would challenge you to prove that to yourself before it's time to take the test and actually go out and take a mock candidate fitness assessment because putting all six events together in the right time, in the right order, and really seeing the stamina that it takes and the strength that it takes to excel in that test is kind of a rude awakening for some students. So if you're an athlete, if you're not an athlete, or you don't think of yourself as, a, as athletic as some of the other students around you, just start preparing early. Really, you should be preparing for this as soon as you decide you want to go to a service academy, but some students really don't make that decision until junior year, I would say no later than the winter of your junior year. You should be very strict with your workout regimen and just focusing on upper body strength. So in particular, pull-ups and push-ups. And really, we can see candidates gain a lot of strength when it comes to the push-ups pretty quickly. But pull-ups is just something that takes a really long time. And I like to equate it to the verbal portion of the SAT, right? We talked about this in our last podcast about how it takes a really long time to build up your vocabulary and you have to read. And it's, it's not something that you can just do overnight. Like you can learn math. It's the same. It's, you can go and you can easily in two months, improve your pushups. However, with pull-ups, it takes a lot of foundational strength. And the key here is to not just do strengthening exercises, but to actually get on the pull-up bar and knock out those reps so making sure that you're doing reps daily multiple times a day to build your strength and your, your back strength and just getting there that that's the biggest piece of advice for making sure that you're solid for the candidate fitness assessment and also yeah. not wasting the opportunity of summer seminar or summer leaders experience. If you're a West point, you can take that test. It's going to count. If you take it at a service Academy, you can use that for your official score. So You should be ready by the time June hits between your junior and senior year to take that test and excel in it. Just get it out of the way, get it over with. And having passed that early is going to be one less thing that you have to worry about throughout the application process.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I was going to ask you a couple of follow on questions, but you like answered all the follow on <laughs> questions. for So that's awesome. Yeah, no, the I think what we were seeing with this with particularly with the pull up preparation is that you go to the trainer, the trainer tells you to do lat pull downs on the Nautilus machine or whatever other machines that they have, and you never do any pull ups, You you're just doing all these other strengthening exercises. And it doesn't it doesn't get you to where you need to be, and and I think some of these trainers are well-meaning individuals, but you need to do the pull-ups. It's like saying, "Well, I want to be able to do better on my two-mile run, but I'm not going to do any running. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. I'm going to bike. I'm going to do biking, while that improves your aerobic capability. Mm-hmm. I don't think it necessarily improves tremendously your running ability. So, I think some of that is really avoidance because pull-up. Let's take it. Let's just face it. Pull-ups suck.
1: They do. They you do. know,
0: and so who, do, who wants to do, pull, like, I don't do pull-ups now and I did them <laughs> in the past, but I mean, who, because, you know, if you don't,
1: don't have to know. do them, do you do
0: them now, but I mean, it's, it, it's tough. And so don't avoid that. Do them early, like you said, Trish, and, and you'll be Definitely. much better off.
1: A really interesting observation with parents, parents. They want their kid to be successful. They realize I don't have the the sports knowledge to train my son or daughter. So a lot of times they'll hire a trainer. A lot of times this happens junior year, a significant amount of time. What I'll see is that the student won't really do a full CFA mock test until they get to summer leaders experience or summer seminar. And so that whole six months of working with the trainer then they fail the CFA, or they don't do very well in the CFA during the summer. And the, the parent is really confused. What happened? I thought you were working with the trainer. And it's exactly what we talked about. It's not doing the exercises themselves, doing the strengthening exercises, and not putting the events all together and building endurance at the same time. So keep that in mind, making sure that you're having the conversations with the trainers, that you have the oversight, that they're doing the right type of training instead of just hiring a trainer and thinking that's that's going to solve all the problems.
0: Very, very well put. And I have nothing more to add on that <laughs> point. All right. So third is congressional district competitiveness. And uh, again, we've discussed this in previous podcasts, but we've seen candidates from districts that are super competitive, not have difficulty getting a appointment versus those from less competitive districts that get get an appointment. And uh, we won't go into the the nitnoy detail on this because it's complex, but the the district competitiveness of your district is is based really on two factors. It's based on the propensity of people in your district to serve and the income level of the people in your districts. For example, downtown San Francisco, which is Nancy Pelosi's district, has a high per capita income, but a low propensity to serve. So that would be not a, uncompetitive district versus Washington, D.C. or say Northern Virginia, which is high propensity, high per capita income, which is tends to be the most competitive. Obviously, the least competitive district is low socioeconomic, low uh, propensity to serve. And those tend to be districts maybe in urban areas, in areas that are poorer areas. So it really depends on kind of those factors. But the district you're in makes a huge difference in whether or not you're going to get into a service academy. So what more do we need to talk about there that that you can pile on?
1: What I would say is thinking about where you are and prioritizing what that member of Congress is looking for. So you can go and you can look at their website, you're going to see the Service Academy nomination page. There's a lot of other pages within that website. What do they stand for? What do they prioritize? What can you highlight in your application that's aligning with their values? And how do your values align with their values? And what can you really highlight there? So making sure you're doing that. And then also just knowing, Am are you in a competitive district? Having Insight to that, and then preparing. Maybe instead of not taking the SAT ACT again, wink Queen, nudge nudge. Maybe you should, <laughs> because you're in Northern Virginia, and you're trying to set yourself up for success. No matter how your member of Congress is going to nominate you, so whether they rank or unranking you to to the service academy of your choice. That way you can hopefully set yourself up to win the slate in your area. But if not, you're setting yourself up to be in the top 150. And we'll post another link to our congressional nomination video as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so take it. The top 150 is one that that doesn't rely on you winning your district. But uh, I mean, we've seen time and time again, candidates who we didn't think would get an appointment that would just happen to be in a less competitive district, get that appointment versus people in who had a, a more competitive file who took a little bit longer to get an appointment or didn't get one. So mm-hmm. congressional district competitiveness is a very very important aspect and continues to be a factor overall in getting into a service academy. Okay, so the final uh, the final one I wanted to cover was Dodmer was Department of Defense Medical Exam Review Board and concerns. And so Uh, What we're finding is that people should address the dodd MERB concerns early, so as you're kind of going through the application process, you need to anticipate what medical problems you might have and be able to start addressing those to see if they are going to be ones where they're going to be disqualifying of you and are going to require a waiver from the service academy. And so, so I think the point I wanted to make there is that the time to be working through kind of these waivers and issues is not after you've gotten after you've done your in your senior year, and you're in November and December, and you're, and then you, Dodmer comes back with a with a with a with a disqualification or a remedial, you should be in the junior year thinking, okay, what are going to be my medical concerns? And how can I anticipate what, how to be able to overcome these, these old disqualifications? And the way to get at that is to look at the questions and we have, we'll provide you a link to the questions, 160 some odd questions that they're going to ask so that you can kind of see where there might be some warning signs.
1: Exactly. And so for our podcast listeners, the link to Department of Defense Instruction 6130.03 will be in the show notes. You can also watch this video on the complete DODMER process where we talk through everything from A to Z. It's a lot more in depth than what we're going to cover here. So check that out.
0: Yep. Do it early. Make sure you anticipate early so that you can be prepared rather than be shocked later that something happened to you that you've, or there's a medical concern and then you're trying to figure this out while the time is ticking for the determination on whether the Service Academy is going to grant you an appointment or not.
1: And a lot of students are waiting to click apply. It's really important to understand how you get to get the Academy to clear you for the medical process. So for Navy and Air Force Academy, it's really clicking the submit button on the second half of your application. And for West Point, it's accomplishing a majority of the action items on your application. Getting to the point where your name gets to dogmer really early is important because if, especially if you're going to be disqualified, so don't procrastinate. Your application is basically what we're saying here. If, especially if you're going to have things that you have to work through just to give yourself as much time as possible. So you're meeting the waiver deadline before April of your senior year. Well,
0: I see the theme with three of the four things here. So the theme that I'm seeing is early early taking of the SAT and ACT early preparation for the CFA early in addressing dodmer concerns
1: it's really true and and the early bird gets the worm when with the service academies including letters of assurance right we saw 30% of all of the class of west point get an, a letter of assurance this year and a m- majority of those were in by
0: October? Yeah, that's probably a good uh, podcast we need to do. Is talking yes, about, it
1: is. How yeah, to
0: get an LOA. Yeah, to get an LOA or a letter of encouragement if we're talking about West Point. Yeah, I mean, those are all given out early to try to tie those people to the service academy so they don't think about uh, applying to other schools, but they realize they've got a appointment in the bag. And that's a way that West Point Air Force, all the academies are tying people and trying to get them to go to the academy because it's a, as we say in the army, it's a knife fight for for top students.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. All
0: right. So I know Trish, you wanted to talk about when we went through this list, I had the first four, and then you wanted to talk about, about kind of management of the, file in general, and just observations you have. So what, what are your thoughts on file management and expectation management?
1: So many students deal with so many stressors in today's world. There's a lot of students that are going to be listening to this that aren't going to have us by their side every day, day in, day out. And what I w- want to say to you is just take a step back. There's going to be a lot of hurdles that you have to overcome throughout this process, but have some patience and don't get too worked up about hurdles that you're going to have to overcome because a lot of times you're just going to be kind of waiting on the service academies for different things, or they come to you with a problem and you think it's going to blow up your application and just take a step back and realize that this is just part of the process. And it's going to be the same when you get to the academy. It's going to be the same when you're an officer, you're going to have to overcome these issues, learning the techniques to have, Patience when, when it just seems like you just want an answer. You just want to get through the problem and get the solution. Cause sometimes it just takes a little bit of time and right. uh, just making sure that you have those techniques, whatever that needs to be, whether that's working out, whether that's learning meditation skills, anything you can do now to learn those coping skills is going to help you when you're a cadet, when you're a midshipman, when you're an officer.
0: Yep. We have a term called nervous in the service. <laughs> that means where you just worked up over things, that uh, the learning to kind of roll with the punches and be not as keyed up uh, is going to be important. I mean, if you take a look and you, if you, whatever profession you do in the military, there's going to be stressors involved there. And the last thing you want to be doing is dealing with your stressors in life. And then when the real stressors hit, which is flying that aircraft or having to In my case, tell the artillery where to shoot and all those kind of stressors that are are going to be presented to you in in the active duty. You want to be able to roll with the punches a little bit better with just regular things that happen in your life so that you're better prepared and you have that kind of reserve that you're going to need when, I don't want to say the real stressors, but the stressors that are important for accomplishing the missions that our country is asking us to do Mm -hmm. are presented to us.
1: Absolutely. couldn't say it better,
0: sir. Well, great, Trish, do you have any other thoughts or uh, on this? i'm about I'm about done here. I don't have anything else I can think of.
1: No, I think we covered it all. I think the key here is early and often.
0: <laughs> That's right. Well, Trish, I know we'll be doing more of this, but uh, we just wanted to give you all our thoughts and some of the lessons that we've seen and learned from this past application year. We hope it's beneficial to you and and uh, have a great day
1: until next time.
0: You've reached the end of another episode of the Gain Service Academy Admission podcast. Connect with us at gainserviceacademyadmission.com. Love this episode of the podcast? Head over to iTunes, Spotify, or whatever podcast app you listen to, to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you.